Bless them real good. Have you blessed them real good? Just want to draw your attention to the winter extravaganza on the 29th of this month on a Wednesday evening. We're encouraging all the Christians of Burton and anywhere in the world to come here. The team are already preparing the place so that it's looking uh, colourful. That's a good way of putting it. Um, yes, and uh, warm and inviting. And we want to try and build bridges into the Christians in Burton. So for those of you who are on social media, who uh, you know, have got other friends around the town or you know, in this 50-mile radius, then please encourage them to come. We're going to have a great evening. We're going to be serving them as they come, making them feel welcome. The bookshop will be open we're going to be running a children's program, aren't we, Kevin? Uh, it's going to be dynamic and exciting. Um, we've got the puppets ready. And, uh, and we're doing this. We're doing the clothesline. We're hanging Christians on it and uh, <laughs> doing something with that. Uh, so it's going to be a great evening. We want you to encourage people. Obviously, this coming weekend, we've got Touchpoint, which is going to be really... Uh, big, it's going to be important. On the Sunday evening, we don't normally, as you know, have a Sunday evening service. I did say to the Lord when I said yes to starting the church, uh, could we just have one service on a Sunday? Uh, you're going to have to send Gangel Gabriel if you want us to have a Sunday evening service. He's not appeared just yet, but we know we can get Jane this coming Sunday evening while she's in the country. Jane Hammond has been uh, very instrumental in bringing words from the Lord that have been very, very, very significant to us in this ministry. So we're looking forward to what uh, she's going to share with us, aren't we? Yeah. We're trusting that she'll speak into the town. Uh, uh, Darren and Karen, the leaders from Riverside, are going to be in the house with us. And uh, hopefully others as well gathering. I mean, different churches have got their evening services. But we want it to be a fantastic night. Six o'clock, we're going to be starting. So we're trusting that we're going to have a great evening. So I want to bless the children, release the children. Uh, you've got uh, a great uh, uh, morning in store with, uh, with a guest speaker. Trust that she'll be kept in order. So, Lord, we bless you for our children and for the workers. We thank you, Lord, that they're going to also accelerate in the things of God this morning and enjoy uh, their time together and with you. Amen. So it's good. Everybody feeling good? People on earth hate to hear the word repent. Those in hell wish they could hear it just once more. Amen. For those that are engaged in evangelism, you know, often when we're out there preaching, uh, people don't like to hear that word, but let me tell you, there's some that do. The devil has you in mind for harm and destruction. He wants to see you damned. He'll do everything he can to ruin you through sin and false doctrine. He is plotting, scheming, and takes no vacations. He can cause visions, dreams, and produce miracles. You must be alert, or he will take you down. And there's... The scripture there in 1 Peter 5, 8, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. We need to be on the alert constantly. Amen. 
because the enemy is trying to undermine what you and I are doing uh, individually as families but also as the wider community. He wants to take us down but greater is he that is in us than the enemy that's out in the world or that's attacking us. I want to talk for a few minutes this morning about the seven mountain mandate and I want to start in Isaiah chapter 2. So can you, most of you see that? Isaiah chapter 2. So let's read it together. Three, two, one. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. Many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, and we shall walk in his paths. But out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and rebuke many people. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. We're going to be really grateful when the law goes out of Zion, out of Jerusalem, and not just the EU. Is that right? Whilst we're trying to Brexit, we're trying to deal with that one. But the word of the Lord. So this is exciting because this is then. Say this is then. This is then. This is then. Or that is then. (laughs) And this is now. Every city of the world, there is an unseen battle that rages. Now, we sung it in that song this morning. So, we must be on track, mustn't we? Yeah. Jenny said, what songs do you want? And I, always, I don't always like to say, well, you know, I'm doing this, so sing something with that in it. You know, but when it comes up, it's exciting. Yeah. There is a battle that's raging over God's creation and over our souls. And it's, and it's happening in... Uh, that second heaven over us. And there's been that battle raging ever since Satan decided he wanted to be God. You can read about it in Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28, about his fall. But there has been that battle against him and his enemies. And the battle is being fought on seven strategic fronts, looming like mountains over the culture to shape and influence its destiny. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit about the seven mountains as well in a minute. Who hasn't heard about the seven mountain mandate? A number of people. Okay, we're going to talk a little bit about that in a minute. But, but the church has tended over a long period of time to withdraw itself away from very important places of influence in society. We've kind of drawn ourselves into our, inside our walls and kind of closed the doors and said, okay, you can come in, but we want to be separate from the world. You remember that scripture about not being in the world? But the fact is God wants us to influence and be an influence. And what we've done is we have created a void and the enemy has rushed into that void. 
whenever there's a vacuum, it's going to be filled by something. And if good does not invade the vacuums that are there, then you can be sure that evil is going to find its way into those vacuums, whether it's our individual lives, whether it's the communities that we're a part of, whether it's society at large, the enemy is going to be there unless we push in. But we are the light. Amen. And that makes all the world a difference. Now, in 1975, I don't know whether you can see that, it's big enough, Bill Bright, um, Every Homes for Christ and Campus Crusade, and Lauren Cunningham, you, many of you have heard of Youth uh, with a Mission, have you? YWAM? You've heard of YWAM. You might not have heard of Bill Bright, Campus Crusade. Uh, they had a vision about taking the gospel into every, uh, every home, Bill Bright. They had set up a breakfast meeting together, and just before they met, the Lord shared a word with each of them to give to the other one. And so as they set up breakfast, uh, Bill said to Lauren, I've got a word from the Lord. And he said, oh, I've got one too. And as they shared it, God had given them the self-same word that if they were going to reach the world with the gospel, they would need to begin to deal with the mountains, the seven mountains or the seven major spheres of society. And they would need to begin to invade them with people. Amen? Amen. Now, it's often referred to as the seven mountains of cultural influence. This is a bit slow this morning. When they met together, Bill Bright called it spheres of influence. Lauren Cunningham called it mind molders. Because the enemy wants to get a hold of our minds and shape them. Wants to mold them into his way of thinking for everyone. So they had different words which were explaining what these seven mountains were about, but God had shared with both of them that same vision. Francis Schaeffer was another person who God had given that vision to. And then since then, uh, Lance Wall now, Oz Hillman, and various others have been teaching about the seven mountains of influence that God wants us to uh, get engaged with. So there, the seven mountains, now it's not very easy to read them on that. Can you make them out a little bit? Yeah. I've got a lot of PowerPoints and I didn't want to do anything too wizzy-dizzy this morning. Um, but the mountains are basically business, government, media, arts and entertainment, education, the family and religion. Now, that's not the same order as it is on that PowerPoint. But don't worry about that, because that's not the important thing. So, and there are, there are various subgroups within each of those mountains um, that the Lord really wants us to begin to impact. But basically, in essence, what the Lord was saying was, this was the battlefield upon which culture would either be lost or won. Okay, And so the challenge for us, and God kind of wanted me, to, again, just to keep painting the broader picture because we are big picture people. Okay, yeah, yeah. so can you get your mouth around? I am a big picture person. Yeah. I am a big picture 
big picture person. Okay, you see the big picture. Now, there's a lot of minutiae within the big picture, and obviously we want to reach out to the individuals, but as well, we have a mandate in this ministry to hit some of the big things in order that others can come alongside and drive into uh, the various areas once things have been shifted. In any battlefield, you've got to get a breakthrough and it takes a certain type of person or ministry to make a breakthrough through a front line in order that other troops can rush into that. Yeah. Uh, the, the, um, the Germans coined the phrase blitzkrieg yeah. with hitting with a massive power a point in a defensive line and then pouring armour and men through that. So we have got to go ahead because we have been told many times we are the arrowhead. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Sometimes you will see me with a, a neck uh, jewellery with a quiver in it and an arrow because God has said that on several occasions, years and years ago, uh, by an amazing prophet that I, that I saw in America, said, you are an arrow. So we know that this ministry is called to pierce. And there is, there is no material on the earth that this arrow cannot penetrate. No matter how strong the enemy tries to make the armour and his armour, our arrow of the word of God, the blood of Jesus and the name of Jesus, that arrow has more power than anything the enemy can try and put there to stop us. So we are taking out the evil eye, we are dealing with the strongholds, we're going to take them down in order that others can move in and reap that harvest. So we are going to be doing that. And we want to raise up change agents who will invade these mountains and help a new generation of change agents understand the bigger picture. We want to help our young people have a dream, have a vision to go into all these areas, to go into government, to go into business. Business is the one mountain that generates huge finances that funds the rest. And we're taking back business as well in order that finances will be released into the kingdom of God. Now, on another occasion, I might talk a little bit more about that, but Waltz Landau uh, says this. He's a business consultant as well as a minister of the gospel. He says, if the world's to be won, these are the mountains that mould the culture and the minds of men. Whoever controls these mountains controls the direction of the world and the harvest that's in the world. So we want to be those that make that impact. Now, in Matthew 28, Jesus said this. He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. So this is after the cross, after he has died, after he has gone into hell, he's taken the keys of death and hell. He has risen again, all victorious. He's disarmed principalities and powers. He has spoiled them. He spoiled them. He made a public show that he was more powerful than, than Satan and every demon in hell. Single-handedly, he took back that authority. And so he said 
to his disciples, guys, all authority now has been given to me. I've taken back what the first Adam lost. I have it. I'm giving it to you. I'm delegating that same authority. You have that power and that authority that I've taken. I'm giving it to you. And he said, go and make disciples, not in the nations, but make disciples of all the nations. Now, whilst personal evangelism is so key and we're excited about hearing people giving their lives to the Lord, the bigger picture as well is discipling the nations. The nations can be discipled and the nations will be discipled. And every tongue, every language, every people, every colour, every creed, every nation, every culture, people group will be around the throne. We'll be standing on that sea of glass worshipping the Lord. Amen. And we're going to be instrumental in this end time push. That's me and you then, Rue. Who else wants to join us in the end time push? I know you wanted to say something, but I caught you out there, didn't I? So we're going to do that. And it says, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So we are about discipling nations. That's why we pray about the nations. That's why in the war room, the maps there are of the nations. Because that is God's mandate on us. Hallelujah. So God never wants us to forget the big picture, which is discipling the nations. He wants us to be nation changers. And in the process, history makers. And you are going to be written about in the book of Acts because that book hasn't been fully written. It hasn't been ended. The Acts of the Apostles is still being written. The angels are recording it, and they're writing about you and I. They will have written about Andrea leading someone to the Lord this week. You know, that leg growing last week, the different things that you've been doing this week, they will be recording that. Now, I want to say this, but there's a lot of words in this. But basically, you might have heard about dominionism. Jesus said that he was, uh, well, even in Genesis, that God had given man dominion. Not domination, dominion. And some people have taken that to the point where there's this idea that we are going to conquer everything on the earth as the church, and Jesus will come back in, and everything, he doesn't have to do anything. But you and I know that Antichrist is going to arise in the earth, the church is going to be persecuted. It will be, as Mike Bickle says, the worst of times, but also the best of times. Because it's only in the darkness that the light really shines its best. You turn it on during the day, it's a little bit obscure. Come this time of year now, four o'clock, half four, it's getting dark by five o'clock. It's really dark, and the lights are shining brightly. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So we are going to be shining real bright, and the church, the ecclesia of God, is going to be doing incredible things. But at the same time, the enemy is going to be unleashing every demonic 
awful plan that he has in his arsenal. But the exciting thing is we win. So when we're not talking now about having dominion over the earth or on the government. We want to seek to love and serve people. And I think it's significant. I got this off, uh, I think it's uh, uh, Oz Hillman or Lance Walnow's website. He says this, it seeks to love and serve all people on the earth. As followers of Christ, we believe we're called to love all people, regardless of faith, lifestyle, or gender orientation. Things are getting almost ridiculous now, aren't they, with what's being released onto the earth. God loves all people. He provides guidelines for living as found in the Bible, and we support those guidelines as a people called to love and obey his calling upon our lives. Jesus invites all people into this destiny, but not all will come. We are called to model what Christ taught when he prayed that what was in heaven would be manifested on earth through a people known for their love, of one another and for others. Remember Jesus praying that before he went to the cross. That means his love and grace would be extended to all people. Now, we've had that in the last few weeks. If you remember, God's been talking to us about love. He's been talking to us about light. He's been talking to us about unity. And we have seen a real shift as you have been praying in the war room uh, on Fridays in SWAT in your private uh, times with the Lord, as you've been praying, unity has been breaking out into the town. It has been incredible compared to a year ago what God is doing, even in Burton, with unity. And Jenny and I being welcomed to the table and being uh, invited to be very much involved with things that are coming up over the next few months. So God is doing a work, and we need to be encouraged with that, that as we pray, things happen. And that is so encouraging. So God wants us to be encouraged with that. Now, having said that, Daniel seven twenty seven says, I can see it on my PowerPoint, whether you can or not, it's another matter. Then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people the saints of the Most High. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. All dominion shall serve and obey him. So there will be a time future when the kingdoms will be handed over to the saints, but we don't read that the saints will hand the kingdom over to Jesus. But we will be doing what he calls us to in this intervening time. Does that make sense? So... Uh, you know, you can find all kinds of stuff on the internet uh, about dominionism and the dominion mandate and people pro it and people against it and all the rest of it. We know that God is going to take his church. She is going to be glorious in the earth because she has got a better understanding now of her authority than she's ever had. She's more connected to her head, Jesus Christ, than ever before. She is growing in power and strength. She is seeing the demonstration of what God has revealed in their hearts and lives, seeing that manifested as we have the guts to lay hands on people and to go beyond our comfort zone to see that power released into people's lives. It's happening. And ordinary people are doing it, not just those in the pulpit. 
So it isn't a theology and it isn't one of world takeover, control and domination. It's a way for God's love and light to come into all aspects of culture through you and I. Amen. Amen. As we serve and love people. But we have to invade again uh, these mountains of influence. In 2 Corinthians 4, 3 to 6, it says, Even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded. That's referring to uh, Satan. Who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Light. It shone into our hearts and lives. Bless you, how and Dit. Have a good trip down to Minehead. And then in 1 John 2, 8 to 11, it says, A new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away. I'll say that again, because the darkness is Amen. passing away. Amen. The light is getting brighter. Amen. There are more Christians born again today than ever. Let me tell you, it is exciting how many people have been born again in a 10-year period. I can't remember the the years now, but in a 10-year period, in one decade, there were more people born again than from the time of Jesus up until that point. Something like towards the end of the, uh, the 19th century, there was about a billion people on the planet, and in the, the, the last century, we've gone to uh, something like 7 billion people on the planet. That means there's more people alive today than have ever died. The biggest harvest field has been left for us. And greater technology than ever before has been given into our hands to take that gospel. Is that good? I've nearly finished. Linda Riesbrook, you might not have heard of her, International Coalition of of Apostles. She's been involved in media for many, many years. Uh, She's a Bible teacher as well, been involved with all kinds of things in... um, Peter Wagner's Leadership Institute. She's done a lot of stuff over the years. It's what she said that is important. She said this, until workplace ministry advances. So this is the people that are on those seven mountains of influence, those people that are in uh, those various areas. Until workplace ministry advances and we have successfully seeded the centers of power and decision-making with believers we will never be successful in implementing change on the basis of our moral or religious conviction. Several years ago, when uh, a businessman was trying to get lap dancing into Burton, someone else wanting to open a, a sex shop in the town, as believers, we had no power whatever at all, no argument based on 
moral or religious conviction. We could not hold up the Bible and say, this thing is wrong, it can't happen in our town. That was a wasted argument. Can you believe that? We could not argue that. Fortunately, there were members of the council who had Christian backgrounds, who were church members, and also there was other arguments put forward as to why these places shouldn't take place and shouldn't, you know, sort of happen in our town, but it had nothing to do with our moral or spiritual or biblical conviction at all. It, you know, prayers obviously had an impact, but we need people in places of influence. We need men and women who will stand up to be counsellors in Burton. Members of Parliament join in um, different uh, bodies in the town that have influence. People in the Conservative Party, people in the Labour Party, in these political parties. Believers who will begin to say, I will go and I will be salt and I will be light. Now, I mean, so, so there's lots of things for us to do. And we're not, the, the, the thing is this, in marketplace ministry, we're not talking about preaching when you're supposed to be working. Right. Right. Well, well, just lay that one down. It's you being indispensable to your boss because not only are you work, at work on time, doing a fantastic job, you come up with all the best solutions for the business. Yeah, yeah, right. You're the most exciting person in the business. People warm to you because there's someone in you who is exciting. That's right, that's right, yeah. Who makes a difference. Yeah. And, w and you don't need to open your mouth and preach because your life is preaching the message. But in the appropriate time when the questions are asked, you can share why you are like you are. Yeah. Now, I'm going to say this now to finish. Media is one of those mountains. Media shapes how a culture looks at reality. You will have heard this over the last few months, is that right, this year. Fake news has been across the headlines over the last few months like never before. Made very popular by Donald Trump. But you perhaps have been on different websites where there's you know, a headline there which is not true. You click on it and something completely different pops up. How many of you have found that? You click on something that looks interesting for whatever reason and it's trying to get you to buy a pension or buy this or buy that, whatever. Or there's information on there that is completely untrue, unfounded. Yeah. But what is it attempting to do? It is attempting to shape how you're looking at reality. Yeah. You'll, you'll know that there are believers who are anti-Israel and pro-Palestinians because there is this picture that's painted uh, from Gaza of how the Israelis treat the Palestinians. And usually, 
the four-letter word that's put with it is poor. You think about Palestinians, you think poor, don't you? I posted something this week uh, from one of the websites because when we went to Jericho, that's one of the places that's a, a very open city. I think um, Gaza's probably one of the only ones that actually is kind of walled off just to protect other people. But a lot of the cities that uh, are uh, given to the Palestinians where Jews are not allowed in, you will see huge homes there, second homes of Palestinian people. Don't be sucked in by the media constantly because they want to mould your mind. They want to shape you and change you against whoever it is, and, and, and it can be all sorts. The BBC are the worst, aren't they? Okay, Palestinian guy goes killing several Jews, then he's shot dead. The banner headline will be, Israelis kill a Palestinian. Yeah. That will be the headline. Yeah. You'll need to search below that to find out the guy's killed several people already. Yeah. But the BBC are very anti-Israel. They're very anti-Semitic. So we have got to be very, very careful these days because media is very, very powerful and... Media can make a bad thing look good or a good thing look bad. Is that right? Yeah. Halloween now, I can't believe how it's so caught on. I went to the dentist yeah. and as I opened the door, there's a skeleton sitting on the chair. That I'm thinking, how long has that guy been here? <laughs> you know, what's the matter with him? And it was like, you know, take a scary <laughs> selfie. Was it? You know, and cobwebs and then stuff all around. I'm thinking... Is the world going crazy? But it's only a bit of fun. It's only a bit of fun. The enemy so glossed it up. They don't tell you more people are murdered or sacrificed to Satan on Halloween. More animals are taken off the streets and sacrificed as a blood sacrifice. They don't tell you that. It's trick or treat. But you see, the enemy knows how to make a bad thing look real good. Yep. And we as Christians who stand up for righteousness, we are bigots, yep. aren't we? Oh. We're, we're this phobic or that phobic, aren't we? Yep. If we stand up for righteousness, yep. for the Bible, we're the baddies and we're labelled as being bad. So media is really key. That's why we are taking hold of media Amen. in this season. Amen. We have a media department. We do, yes. We have a media team. I want you to pray for our media team because we're going to take on that media mountain amongst other mountains. We're not solely doing it, but we're entering this arena like never before. And so we, we want you to take our media team, Dana and the others, to heart to begin to pray for them, Jack, uh, Stephen Baines and others. And we want you to get a vision for media as well. You can do it if you're on Twitter or on Facebook. You can use that medium to reach the world with the gospel. You can let people know about the 29th of November. You can let them know about Touchpoint. Yeah. Yeah. You can like our Facebook page. Can has a Facebook page. We have a Twitter account. Yeah. You can tweet. You can be a twit <laughs> and do your Twittering, whatever it is. 
I'm not very good with all these things, but occasionally I venture into the arena of faithful. But we can do it. We can use that medium to get the gospel, and we need to reinvade that mountain. So if you've got a vision for using cameras, using media, talk to us about that because we want to see people more released into that aspect of ministry because we're going to be going live. You will already find on YouTube some of our services recently. Have you found that? Yes. Okay. Go onto YouTube and do your searching. We have edited some of the recent ones, uh, the recent Sundays, uh, and so go on. Let people know. And uh, we're kind of practicing leading up to the new year. And then we're trusting that we'll be able to go fully live in the new year. But it's going to be scary. Because I often say the wrong things. <laughs> as, you, as you know. So we're all going to learn new skills. And you probably don't realize, but when the camera's on you, you're a bit good. If you've not gone onto YouTube, go look at it. Because you've got to be careful where you're scratching if you're in the eyeline of the camera, you know, don't do things like that, okay? Be, because make sure your hair's groomed, Glendon, you know, you're just keeping, okay, Gordon, you know. If I'm sat there, there'll just be a bright light that'll just shine and bounce off the back of the head. Are you suggesting we shave our heads? But media is one of the aspects that, that, um, that we're pressing into big time. But as well, business and these other areas, we want to see believers invading those areas yes. with the light of Jesus Christ Amen. and with, with the love of God. So, Lord, we want to thank you that your mountain is going to be elevated above every other mountain. Father, even the mountain of religion that either preaches truth or is just full of compromise... Lord, you are shaking up the foundations of every mountain right now. Father, as we see uh, people in Hollywood and in government, uh, Father, being brought to account because of their, uh, their, their sexual advances on others. Lord, as you're shaking these various mountains, Lord, we recognize that you're doing that in order that your mountain might be elevated and even your church standing for truth and integrity might also in this day and age. So, Lord, purge our hearts, purge our minds. Lord, when the enemy tries to bring all kinds of suggestions into our minds, Lord, would you help us take control of our thinking, our thought patterns. Lord, may we be alert to his attacks. And, Lord, sharpen us that we might use media especially, but all avenues open to us, to get that gospel message out to others in Jesus' name. Lord, would you strengthen us? Would you empower us this week? Thank you, Lord, that we are taking advantages of this season, of these open doorways, that, Lord, we're going to see that harvest being reaped. Lord, may we hear of the multiplication of, of uh, Andrea's testimony, of lives being touched. Lord, we pray. Are we going out on the streets today again? Lord, as the teams go out on the streets... Lord, we're asking for multiplication. Lord, we want to hear of people giving their lives to you. Again, of bodies being touched, even of demons being driven out. 
of alcoholics being, Father, released, as drug addicts, Father, being released. Father, that power as it goes out that's in us, as we go into the workplace, uh, Father, as we go into the shops, into the factories, into the offices, Father, wherever we are being found, in other people's homes, in our families, Lord, give us those opportunities to stretch out beyond where we have been in the past. Give us that courage to pray, to lay hands on uh, those sick or those in need and see, Father, people being brought back into the fold. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hey, bless you guys. Amen. Have an amazing week. This touch point is going to be fantastic. If you can be here, do and please invite as many others. Go on to Facebook, Twitter and let people know. Amen. Bless you. Love you all. Have a fantastic week. John's coming out on Tuesday, we reckon. He sends his love. I'll post a bit of video on uh, WhatsApp and, um, and hopefully we might see him one of these Sundays. We won't be able to keep him away. Bless you all. Thank you for your prayers for him.